you're hungry, because you're listening to Everybody Eats. Camera rolling. Let's start in three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Everybody Eats podcast with your host, Bensky Belazare. We have co-host Eden Ekpe on the line. We have returning guest, Alan Joseph. And with our very special guest here today, we have Mr. Byron Sellers, one half of the Mobile Home Elite Investors. Um, great episode for you guys today. If you are on the live, make sure that you're writing down your questions. Um, we'll try and get some throughout the episode. Um, but um, before we start that, make sure you t- you're following us on all platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're on there. Um, shout out to our Instagram page, everybodyeats.pod, uh, TikTok, Twitter, we're on all those platforms, so make sure you're checking those out. Um, and yeah, from now, let's, let's get into today's episode, let's get it rolling. So, uh, Byron Sellers, if you can introduce yourself, who you are, where are you from, and then we'll get it rolling about mobile home elite investing. Yes, yes, man. First and foremost, man, thank you for having me, man. Big shout out to you guys. Man, I'm just looking forward to seeing you guys take off in the next five years or so, man. Just huge things coming for you guys. So, man, my name is Byron Sellers. Um, I reside from Hazelcrest, Illinois, which is the south suburb of Chicago, but currently living in Chicago for the last five years. And I'm one half of the mobile home elite investors. And my queen, Shawnee Williams, is the other half I'm a, the brilliant behind-the-scenes genius, um, <laughs> you know, queen of mobile homes herself. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So, um, if you could get into, how did this story even begin? How did you even get into mobile homes? Because I know you. I've heard you say it before, and I when I told Alan, Edom, and even my cousin, we all had the same reaction. Like mobile homes, like what? Like everyone hears about real estate. Everybody hears about you know buying flips, buying holes for real estate properties, commercial. But then mobile homes, like every reaction. Even when I first heard, it, it was like what? So if you describe, how did that even start? Like how did you even get into this business? Man, so that's that's a great question. So. Um, man, I, you know, I would say since about 2015, I've been wanting to get into real estate. And, um, you know, I've, I've been kind of doing my due diligence. Of course, the rich dad, poor dad. And at the time, I was working for a transportation um, company. And um, I remember I used to be on Redfin a lot and things. And a guy, a uh, driver, came to me and said, hey, listen, um, if you're serious about real estate, you need to read re- rich dad, poor dad. I'm like, what? Like, you know, like, I'm like, yeah. who are you talking to, brother? Like, you know? <laughs> And I'm just like, okay. And he seen me next. Like, did you get the book yet? I'm like, no, no, no. He's like, you ain't serious. I'm like, what do you mean I'm not serious? And I finally got the book, and I truly understood. And from that day, that kind of sparked me to just really want to get into real estate. And um, you know, when it when it got to that point, man, um, honestly, I had got pre-approved, and my credit you know, took a few hits before that while I was working. And you know, I'm talking about. You know, being able to being about to get a property and, you know, being told, I'm sorry, we can't finance you because, you know, your credit took a hit and Mm. have to start back over. So I want to say I came close to almost getting two properties. Well, March 3rd, 2017 is the day that I was fired from my job. And that was the day I thought, like, man, my real estate, you know, man, it's going to have to be put on hold. And and so during that time, man, you know, just kind of digging in, just doing a lot of soul searching, you know, um, just doing a lot of personal development. I was driving Lyft at the time because I had to make some money. And I came across a Bigger Pockets podcast about mobile homes. And I was like, mobile homes? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was driving, and a couple that I was driving, I was like, hey, can you turn that off? 
but something told me I'm like this is this episode is important. So I uh, I sent it to Sharnice, and when I came home, I I, I never seen her excited about like this, nothing. And she was just like, "Yo, babe, we doing mobile homes." I'm like, "What?" And you know, I'm kind of like you guys, like yeah. I I guess like we <laughs> get started like tomorrow. And I'm like straight up, and she, and, and she just broke the game down to me, and then we just became like full time students and. You know, that's when we just dove straight in and we start realizing like nobody's doing this and we're just like, yo, we, we, we got a wide open pace. Let's just go let's go hard on this and that's what we did, man. We took out a ten thousand dollar loan. Um, it was a high interest loan. Um, end up, you know, literally we, we prospected for about three months. We found our first deal and man, we got two houses for forty three hundred dollars. Um, it was actually nine thousand, we got them down to forty three hundred. Um, one house was five hundred dollars. The other house was um, thirty-seven hundred. We flipped the house for thirty-seven hundred for ninety-five hundred. We put three grand into the five hundred dollar house and we flipped that for ten grand. Mm. So literally in forty-five days, we made nineteen. We made nineteen thousand five hundred dollars, and we was like, "Yep, this it. Let's go." That's all we need to hear. <laughs> That's all you need to hear. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, Ian and Alan, before we get started, do you have any questions you want to ask first? Uh, yeah, so the podcast broke it like it gave you literally the the secret recipe for mobile homes and and how to get into that market or so no that was okay. the thing it it was just an introduction like the lady uh-huh. she basically just gave the numbers like she had been saying she had been doing it for I think she had been doing it for four years um, she was saying like her first deal kind of similar like us our first deal she bought a house for like. I think it was like three grand. She turned around and sold it for like eight grand. And she had been doing it. And by this time, she had owned mobile home parks. But we just heard the biggest thing that stuck out was like she bought a house for three grand and she flipped that. So it really, it was only like one guy on YouTube that kind of has some information on it, but it really wasn't a lot. And so we kind of just learned from the school of hard knocks. We like, we're going to figure this out. Because there wasn't any programs or anything like that at the moment. And we was like, we're going to figure this thing out, man. We, you know, we, I kind of know some traditional real estate. It can't be that much off. But when we got in this industry, we learned that it's, it's, it's simpler, but a little bit complex. Got it, got it. Uh, I have one more. I don't know if Alan want to. Yeah, I have one also, but you could, you could go again. Uh, okay. Um, so... Talking more about your first deal, you know, of course, it's, you know, your first deal, you're probably going to make some mistakes. Do you want to, like, elaborate on how how that went? Yeah, for sure. So, man, like, our, before our prospecting, we had saw probably about 45 different properties. And we saw some crap out there. We almost got got. I tell people we almost got finessed because literally they saw, you know, they knew it was green and they tried to sell us some, some bull. But, um... <laughs> You know, the properties that we saw, but the one which is moving ready, they had just renovated it. Mm. And, you know, they had it listed for, he had it listed for like seven, I want to say like 7,500. And so I would still bought it even for 7,500. Like it was, it was literally a, a, a great home. But um, he showed us another $500 home. We was just like, and it looked better than a lot of homes we saw. Like $500 this? And we had no idea. I thought, honestly, I thought I was going to be able to put like maybe, I don't know, $500 in because it looked good. But it has some underlying problems, you know. Uh, it has some mold in it and things. We have to tear out again three grand for a rehab. Like where do you do that at? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was kind of like it still was a blessing, but um, you know it was just one of those like I learned so much hands on. Like literally, I can, that was a home I helped rehab, so I was painting. You know, I helped put down some floors, a lot of things. So I learned a lot 
from that one project, like ins and out on a mobile home from literally one project. Got it, got okay, it. Okay, okay, that's the okay. Alan, do you got something? Um, that I was getting. Sorry, what? No, I'm gonna say, Alan, you got a question? Yeah. yeah. So, um, what are some challenges that you face at first versus today? I know you just mentioned basically like evaluating the value of like a property and negotiating, but like how has that changed from then to like five years later now? Yeah, man. So now just being able to confidently, you know, um, make an offer on a home. Like at first, you know, again, you know, it was homes that I wouldn't even pay $100 for today that people were trying to sell me for eight, ten grand. Um, and just understand it because, again, when you know, when you look at traditional real estate, if you find a $10,000 house, no matter what's wrong with it, it's a $10,000 house. And that's unheard of. So I still had that mindset. So coming into mobile homes, I had to kind of really shift and learn the value of what mobile homes were. And so what really helped me was just honestly talking to park managers inside of communities, starting to talk to, to, to people that live in mobile homes, just really asking a lot of questions. Um, and I think that for myself, um, just being vulnerable, you know, just, I mean, I, I, here I am at the time I had dreads, so I'm this black guy and, you know, I'm enjoying white neighborhoods with locks and I got on Jordans and I'm in sweatsuits. So, you know, just being vulnerable, just asking people and not really caring about the stereotypes that come along with it. Um, and I learned quickly that a lot of those stereotypes, again, are just stereotypes and it's not really the true stigma of what mobile home communities are. Got it, got it. So, um, I guess I want to ask this question now. One question we kind of had before. Um, actually, I'm going to put Alan on the spot because he had this question, right? We, we hear that they're mobile homes, and I sent him the, the, the snap story that you posted yesterday of you driving, right? And you like driving for dollars. So, Alan wants to know, if they're mobile homes, where are the wheels? How are they actually mobile? Is that we, That's what, something we really want to know. <laughs> good question. Good question. So like, the good thing, like, so you see this one right here, right? Yeah, yeah. So most mobile homes. So what that is, like, that's without the skirting. Like, when you, a lot of times you see mobile homes, they, you see stairs, and they're they're a little bit higher. So the wheels are actually what it is. Is the mobile home the, the wheels are attached to the axles? They are attached to about as three uh, three rows, and they're attached under. But that skirting is to hide to hide that. Right. Mm. So when they take that skirting off, the skirting is pretty, they call it skirt just like a, like an actual, like a skirt because it's hiding, you know, the wheels. Yeah. But once we take that off, you'll be able to see it. And then the t normally the tires, they just take the tires off. Like they'll, they'll go ahead, you know, take them off and then they'll just leave them under the mobile home just in case they have to move it. But it's also a hitch that goes on. So really how it's moved, it's a triangular shaped hitch that goes into the front that connects. And a lot of times that's under the house as well. Once that's connected, then that can be, um, that can go on any, you know, semi um, and connect. And then from there, they can be moved. Got it. Got it. So I'm curious because I feel like I've never, like, I've seen RVs, right, like, on the road. But I feel like I've never seen an actual mobile home on the road. I don't think, maybe I haven't looked out for them. <laughs> yeah, normally when you do that straight from the factory or somebody's, uh, they're moving them from the location. Nine out of ten, most mobile homes, you know, a.k.a. manufactured houses, they're not going to move from their location. Um, unless like a park owner is buying or somebody is buying it from their land. Me, you'll see it more on rural roads. You'll see double wires. Like if you guys in cities, you're not, you, 
you're not gonna see no, you know, no, yeah. no, no mobile homes kind of being, you know, maneuvered throughout the city. So a lot of times, once you get on that open road, you know, you, you're gonna see a lot more. Got it. Got it. So, um, speaking about finding them, right, I will go more, a little more in depth into the, uh, last episode, um, the last segment, but when you first started, I believe you said you're around, like, outside of Chicago, so where, like, how did you start finding the parks, right? For example, real estate, you just drive around, there's houses everywhere, but I imagine you had to go looking for them, so, like, was that just, like, a simple Google search, or, like, were they around and you just never really paid attention, or what? Yeah, so, man, I mean, we lucked up by accident, this is something I teach, so we was just in, we was in Google Maps, and um, I think Shani just typed in mobile home parks. And that's what I know we tell people, go to Google Maps, type in mobile home parks. And all these red dots start coming up, and we like, yo. So of course we start playing around with it, and we taking a cursor, and we like, wow, look at all these parks. That's the information, that's the phone number, that's the websites. Here the reviews, like everything was on Google Maps. So, mm. you know, I tell people, man, to really start finding these parks, just legit go on Google Maps, type in mobile home parks, and just take your cursor and you'll be surprised. You'll just see all of these dots just popping up. Like, in, you know, whether it's, you know, 20, 20 miles from you. And normally, nine out of 10, especially near major cities, Chicago, New York, California, they're a little bit further out. But closer to, like, you know, closer to cities like Houston, Atlanta, um, you can start seeing mobile home parks near, you know, more near cities. Got it, got it. Because, yeah, Alan and I, we were looking up the other day. Because right now I'm, I'm in Virginia, but Alan um, he's back in New York. So um, I was saying, I believe we have one in Hampton, and I believe out in like Virginia Beach there are a few. But then I was like, in New York, you mean, I was like, I'm, there's none in the city. I don't think you're getting any on Long Island. I was like, probably like upstate New York, if that. But I know that I don't think you're not gonna find anywhere near, you know, nowhere near Manhattan or anything like that. So no, nah, not near Manhattan. But I got something to blow y'all mind real quick. I know you said New York. One thing I love about New York is New York has over, you guys have over 1,098 mobile home communities in the entire state. That's a lot. Uh, they mostly upstate. In Virginia, you guys have 667 mobile home communities. So, you know, most mobile home communities are, are they are in, based in rural areas. Um, and so, you know, once you start, once you get out from the cities and kind of hit those roads, you're going to start seeing more and more. Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, Alan, there goes your question. <laughs> Where are you going to find those mobile homes? So you just got to go upstate. <laughs> so um, before before we conclude this segment, do either of you, Alan or Eden, do you have any more questions? Nah, nothing. Nothing here, boss. Got it. Alan? I'm good. Good, good. All right. So we'll wrap up this segment. We'll go into the quote of the day, and then uh, we'll start the last segment with uh, getting more in-depth about the actual investment process and all that good stuff. Uh, so stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the second segment of today's episode. Everybody Eats Podcast. We're here with Brian Sellers, one half of the Mobile Home Elite Investors. So we have today's quote of the day. So Edom has that quote. So let's say it and let's see if we can guess it. All right. The only way to waste time is by thinking of it as a waste. Mm. That's a good quote. Say it again. The only way to waste time is by thinking of it as a waste. Okay. And can we get like some tips? Let's get like literally no hint I give you will help you. I'm gonna be really honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. An actor? No. It's honestly no one's really gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good quote, but we can't guess it. Okay. It's a real good quote, you just can't guess it. Alright, so who is it then? Uh, 
Uh, so I was watching this uh, TV show. Uh, it's an anime on Netflix called uh, Seven Seeds, and uh, one of the characters had said it. And I just really thought it applied to not only their situation, but literally, I think, the whole world right now and just in anything people do. No, nah, definitely. Um, I saw a post today. There, I think it was I forgot who it was, but um, it was a post on Instagram saying like, you know, the greatest asset that we have is time. You know, and like, you know, right now, fortunately slash unfortunately, a lot of people, what we have right now is time. You know, so it kind of depends on what you do with it and what you, you know, yeah, what you do with it, right? A lot of time we have a lot of extra time. Unfortunately, people can't go to work. A lot of us are in quarantine, but you know. You can use this time, this extra time that you have to, you know, work on yourself, start building on yourself. You know, if you're not making money, then like, you know, find a way online that you can try and start do something for free. If you still have the ability to go out, you post on your store, you're just driving for dollars, you know. So like, you know, you can still go out and, you know, try and do something and um, use this extra time that you have beneficially. Right. So. And even, you know, outside of quarantine, you know, it, you know, if, if before before this, you have to make sure that you're using your time wisely, whatever it is, you're taking advantage of the opportunities that you have. You know, you don't want to be caught, want to be caught lacking or like in the wind where, you know, X amount of days or months in the future, you're like, man, like I should have just done this, you know, when I back when I had the time. So um, that's what that's what I take from it. So I, I really like that. Uh, personally, I see it basically the same way. Um... They say, uh, I don't know the analogy with the cards, but um, I guess you play the cards you get. I think that's, that's what it's called, or when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. So a lot of people kind of don't see the, the bright side or, or the way to make this situation better than what it really is. And um, I think it goes hand in hand with the quote, uh, nothing's awkward unless you make it awkward. Mm. So literally, you know, your outlook and your, the way you view whatever you're doing right now is the driving force and basically the outcome of, you know, what's going to happen. So if you sit there and say, I'm wasting my time doing this, I'm wasting my time um, being stuck at home or not being able to go out and then, you know, exercise my rights or whatever, you know, you're going to end up feeling like a waste or everything is a waste of time, so. Yeah. I think, I guess the phrase is play the hand you're dealt. Yeah, there play you go. The play the hand you're dealt, yeah. Shout out Randy, he posted that in the chat. <laughs> play <laughs> the hand you're dealt. Play the hand you're dealt. Um, but yeah, uh, Alan, do you have the other piece on that? Uh, no, I think you guys covered everything. I'm pretty solid cool. Got it. So, um, I want to ask Byron, how has... COVID or, you know, the situation, how has it affected the, I guess, the mobile home market in, in, in your, you know, your experience? So right now, um, actually mobile home parks and storage facilities are the two best performing real estate, um, two performing real estate markets right now in, I guess you can say in real estate. Mm. Um, the reason why affordable housing, we went to, unfortunately, you know, I think, I think last week, I'm pretty sure the numbers went up. Last week it was what 60, 60 million Americans filed for unemployment. Yeah, um, like and I'm pretty sure that number has has definitely probably went up, unfortunately. But uh, this is the sector where people turn to. Why? Because for one, the government doesn't really provide assistance. There are very, very, very few that are able to get Section Eight, and mobile homes are basically the only non-subsidized affordable housing left in America. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you look at this option affordability. 
um, is really driving a lot of people to, you know, either A, downsize or they're just looking for, you know, kind of a short-term fix. Or, you know, it's an opportunity for people to kind of just, you know, in situations, think about it. Like, land, some landlords could possibly even lose their properties um, and, and just keep, you know, providing a different option. So, right now, business is booming, man. Got it, got it. Okay, okay. So when you say it's uh, the only non-subsidized government, it's a non-government subsidized form of real estate. Yeah, so it's basically yeah, the only non-subsidized affordable housing. housing affordable left. housing. Left. Okay, yeah. all right. Meaning, so is that meaning that like, what do governments not recognize it, or is it they just don't you know support it, or like give out loans, or give, or like help people, or. Yeah, so the industry really in the past has not really been supported. Um, you know, a lot of cities don't really like uh, mobile home parks, and the reason why because of taxes. Um, for example, you know, when you own the, as a mobile home park owner, you own the land, and normally the tax is kind of collected, um, you know, from that they're paying within that lot rent. But as an individual, they're not really getting taxes from you know land tax from each individual living in that park. Mm. Um, they, they get taxed on their asset, but their asset tax may be. Depending, like my state, I'm only paying um, less less than a hundred dollars for taxes on a you know on one property. So um, a lot of times they don't benefit from it. But um, this administration, you know, Ben Carson was saying that he really was looking at mobile homes to be um, a, a affordable housing option with Section Eight because they understand that if they provide Section Eight for mobile homes, that is a quicker way for people to actually pay off their mobile home. Um, and you know they understood the thing about it like. Section eight in a you know in a regular apartment they're just paying that forever right they're not you're not there's no equity in that versus a mobile home if if I do a section eight for a tenant and I pay off their mobile home as a government I can kind of wipe my hands with that so you know we'll see I know since 2017 they were talking about it but they haven't um, you know this administration hasn't pushed it through um, but section eight could be coming to mobile homes um, pretty soon in the near future got it got it so um. Yeah, that's really like I, I didn't know any of that. So that, that's definitely that's definitely news to me. So um, before we get a little bit more in depth, we'll you know we'll wrap up this segment, um, and then we'll go into the last segment. We'll, we'll kind of speak more into that. Um, so let's wrap this up. Edom, can you do you mind saying that quote one last time before we end the segment? All right, hold up. Um, I got to pull it up. Stuff. Let me see. The only way to waste time. Is by thinking of it as a waste. The only way to waste time is by thinking of it as a waste. All right, so you guys heard it. Um, make sure you're using your time wisely, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities that you have. And from here, we'll take a quick break and then we'll go into our last segment, getting more in details about investing in mobile homes. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Everybody Eats Podcast. We're here with Brian Sellers from Mobile Home Elite Investors. We just had two great segments talking about his backstory, how he got into it, had a great quote, talking about making sure you're using your time wisely. And now we'll be getting more into the actual details of starting investing in mobile homes. How, how do you, I guess, for the, for the dummy who knows nothing, for me right now, I know absolutely nothing, like what would be the first step? So I guess before we mentioned it, finding a mobile home, um, you just look it up on Google, right? So you can like look for a Google, um, go on Google Maps, look for a spot. So for example, my I have one say out in Hampton. I see there's some out in Hampton. So do I just roll up to the park and say, Hey, like part, like lot park manager, like I want to buy a house, or am I going to the actual mobile home itself, or like are there for sale signs? So like, how how do you start that from from the beginning? Yeah, so normally, you know, when you're starting out, um, 
we always encourage people to start really just driving for dollars. You know, just kind of drive around mobile home parks, see if you can see for a sale sign. Um, you know, right now with COVID going on, um, you know, it's not as easy to pop up in an office. And actually, some offices are open. Mm. Um, it just really depends on the actual park. But, um, you know, going forward, once things begin to open, one taxi can, you know, just stop in, just introduce yourself. Hey, I'm, you know, um, you know, I'm in the area. I'm just looking at if you, have, if you guys had any houses for sale, you know, in this price range, whatever your price range is. Um, and just start the conversation that way, right? Uh, sometimes people go in there like, I'm an investor. It's just like, no, don't leave with that. You know, yeah. Because for them, they look at it like, okay, we don't really need you. But, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, you just want to see what they have. And if it's something that, you know, you see, they show you something that's in your budget, in your inventory, then that's when you can begin asking the questions. Like, hey, listen, I, I see this property. You know, I, I'll be able to take on the lot rent. Now, for those lot rent, lot rent is just like HOA fees. That is the monthly um, that you'll be paying inside of a mobile home community for the asset to be there. Okay, um, and that goes and that, to the manager, or that goes to that goes to the lot manager. So to the park. So, to the, the park. so pretty much as a park owner, they get paid per space for the land. Like this, I look at it like taxes. Right. Okay. That's pretty much you're paying. You you may own the asset, but you're paying for the land. Just like in a a condo, a townhouse, they pay home association fees. Same thing with a mobile home park. Um, and so, yeah, once, once they, once they're able to, you know, let you, if you see something that you like and, you know, you can ask them, Hey, would I be able to, um, you know, uh, you know, fix this up and flip it for profit? Now, then they, they don't care. They're going to probably say yes. Um, they don't really like hearing sublease. Most parks don't want to hear rentals. Can you do it? Yes. Um, but you know, for us, we always teach the rent to own method, you know, just more in the lines of going in there and you're offering someone, um, you know, the, the, the option to lease, um, you know, I mean, sorry, leasing with the option to own. Um, but pretty pretty simple, you know, once you get in there and then the biggest thing, you know, once you find a property that you like, you want to, um, you know, ask the park manager or ask around the park who fixes these things. Mm. And you want them to come and actually um, take a look and inspect. Um, so that way you can kind of see what you're getting yourself into. Um, but, yeah, I mean, pretty simple and the good thing about a, a mobile home is a title in most states it's a title except for texas i think there's it's called a sol uh vermont is different they have a, a different uh, form but it's, a, it's like a car all right in most states this is a motor vehicle even though you don't drive it um it's still considered a motor vehicle so titling you know and and that process is, is pretty simple um but yeah man it's, it's pretty much that in a nutshell got it got it uh alan Edom, do you have anything I have a whole, a whole, oh, I have a whole bunch of questions, but um, not necessarily like related any question in any order. But um, my biggest one that really popped up last segment was um, what's the difference between a mobile home and an RV? Nice, good question. So the the, the mobile home is the one without a steering wheel. RVs are what you see more so like tour buses. Um, RV RVs can be be driven, pretty much a recreational vehicle. Um, you know, those that's the difference in the RV. The mobile home is more stationary. Um, it can be moved, but it's being moved by an actual semi. All right, so it has to be, it, it, it's a process into it. Um, it just can't be just hoisted and just pulled off, and it has a different setup fee. Um, and RVs, yeah, say so RVs are more, you know, that's, they're more, and I'm saying movable, but RVs is more a travel home. You see more people, less people living in them. Some people can, um, but yeah, RVs is more that you know that family camp trip. 
um, or you know, going across the U.S. Whereas that mobile home or manufactured home is is just stationed. It's gonna be there for a while. Okay. okay. And I know you mentioned in the first segment um, you were learning from someone who was in the mobile home uh, flipping sector, and then they also owned uh, land to be a park owner. Like, do you know how that process works? If it's any, you need any licenses, etc. Yeah, so for example, so if so, let's say you want to develop your own land. Let's say a lot of people tell me, hey, I got acres down in Arkansas. So the, the first thing you can, if it's your land, you can build whatever you want on your land, right? Most cities, the reason why they don't like mobile home parks or communities, right, because if you bring in 100 plus homes, not all those 100 people are going to be paying property tax. So, you know, for them, they're like, okay, yeah, we bring a lot more people that are going to be using our city water, using our city sewers, sending their kids to our schools. So they look at it like that. They're not really getting a lot of property tax from that. Mm. But you can develop land. What that looks like is, um, you know, you'll be getting you'll get in your land zone. Most mobile home parks, uh, mobile home can, as long as it's about 6,000 square feet, um, one individual mobile home can fit on that space. Um, you want to get, um, you know, city, if, if the land has a connection to city water, city sewer, that'd be awesome. But nine times out of 10, you're going to develop that land. So you're putting septic, you're putting whale, um, depending on the region of the country you're in, you know, that can range from, you know, on a, on a low end, 10,000 upwards to about 25 grand for all of those. Um, and then, of course, you know, you're going to get your electric, you're going to get your, your gas company come out. They do that for you. Um, and then the, the setup of the house, right? You're going to get a new home move or a new or used home moved on there. Um, that move, depending on where it's coming from, um, most movers start at about two grand. Um, moves can go, go as high as ten thousand dollars, depending on how far the home is being moved. And from there, man, you you know your land develop. And then, as far as a mobile home community, a lot of investors purchase previously existed uh, mobile home communities. And mm. America right now is over forty five thousand mobile home parks, and only ten percent are institutionally owned. Um, so yeah, so you got to think about only four thousand of those boys are. I mean, 4,500 4, are really institutionally owned, meaning like corporate corporate owners or people like us looking to invest. And the majority of them are just, you know, mobile home parks that's been in family. So, you know, you can always get one of those and renovate those as well. Got it, got it. That's pretty dope. Um, I have follow-up. Oh, the, um, the property tax that would be paid, instead that's, taken over that that'd be renters tax being paid to um the park owner so you so normally so whatever acreage that the park is on that owner is going to be paying that property tax um so since so since most mobile homes have to be um, registered within the state most well the majority of mobile home parks they put that tax within the lot rent so whatever they age like we're talking about the hoa fees so that's all incorporated um, so, so that's getting, so the actual, what we pay on the individual house, since the mobile home is considered an asset, like, you know, I, it's in a vehicle class, um, yearly, most states you have to pay taxes on that asset. And so it's not necessarily property tax, but you're still paying taxes, you know, on your actual asset. So, um, again, pretty, very, very cheap for an investor to get started. It, it's very low. Got exactly. it. I see. That's why they, they're not getting as much taxes from you as they want. Right, and that's why cities don't really like it because you think about you have a community. Let's say you have a community with two hundred families in there, 
and each one of those families is only paying $200 a year for their asset, even that park manager, he's paying that, he's paying the tax for the land, not per home that he has. So, yeah. you know, they, they give, you have kids going to school. And I know in Illinois, I think our average is about, I think it's like $11,000 to send one kid to school per year. So you look at it, you have, you know, all these kids going to school, that's tax dollars. Um, and so for cities, to them, it's just not a, it's not a good balance for them. And that's why they really, you don't see a lot of new mobile home parks popping up. Got it, got it. So you said um, if you own a park or if you own land, you want to bring mobile, um, you want to bring, I guess, like houses and mobile homes there. So where and how are you finding people to fill up your your park? Like if you don't have any, are you, how you just put an ad online, like new park out here in Illinois, you know, this is going to be how much we cost to, to stay here, you know, come through? Yeah, so man, the, the major thing, again, within your market research is um, you, you really want to find where is opportunity whether it's job, opportunity, education, um, you know, how far is it from an airport, right? So that way you know travel. How far is it from, from major, you know, from major jobs? You know, like, for example, you would never really want to buy a community or start a community that one major employer, um, you know, employs the entire town or, or city, right? You want to have different options because if that goes down, you have more. So it's really about, you know, logistically what resources are near there. You know, you primarily want to see the Home Depot and our, you know, uh, a Walmart, a Target, at least, because you know, um, you know, somebody can afford your house making fifteen dollars an hour, right? If they're, if they're doing it, depending on the region, um, and that's basically, you know, is one of the main things is, is basically seeing where the opportunity is. There are parks in the middle of nowhere that are kind of being, you know, just kind of depleted because people are moving, and um, and you know, when we talk about investment for the future, unless you're going to build that town up yourself, you, you definitely want to, you know, get it in a good location uh, where, where there's a lot of opportunity. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Alan, do you have anything? Oh, for sure. So, earlier you mentioned that, like, buying, when you initially started buying the first two properties, it was pretty cheap, not that expensive. So, for a regular person looking to get one, why would they go to, like, someone like you instead of purchasing one on their own for, like, I guess, cheaper, you know? Now, good question. So look, we look at we like we said we call it off market property, right? Just like a wholesaler okay. find something off market. That's what we have the ability to do. That's what we really teach to find those gems um, and really you know service people because most people that are selling mobile homes are in a not to say a, a dire situation, but you, you we also encourage find out find out what's going on with the buyer. Why are they selling? Right? Why are they motivated to sell? And once you kind of figure that out. You know, it gives you a better opportunity. And then most people are just looking for affordable housing. So if they see an ad from me, and, you know, normally when we post a house, we're posting both a house selling for cash and we're selling um, on payments. And payments is very attractable to people, right? If you're in line with the market, for example, you you know, let's say the, the average rent in the area, apartment rent is in the area is a, a 950 and you're offering a mobile home for 900 and they're like, yo, I get to have my own space. Nobody live upstairs, downstairs. You're going to become a little bit more attractable, right? It's something new, and um, and it's always, always a need for affordable housing. People just want, most. you'd be surprised, most people just want to pay. They just want to make, you know, payments. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. And you mentioned that there's, like, payments, payments are low. What happens when people start missing payments and and that that, that route happens? What, like, how do evictions work with mobile homes and, and lots and stuff? Yeah, so... 
Here's the one thing I learned about this industry, man. That is not an issue. I, I don't know how. <laughs> I, I, when I say that, I don't know how. But mobile home parks have more free reign in a lot of states. Ten days, they get ten day notices, and if you don't pay your lot rent in ten days, they can put you out. So, the reason why I like it's kind of protected for us is because for one, there is two different leases that we make people get on. So they have more responsibility on the lease for us to pay us, and they are on the lease with the park to pay that pay that lot rent. So if they default on either one of those, we can come back and get our property, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it comes to it, it's, it's still like a traditional, you know, uh, um, eviction if you have to. But if they're not paying you, nine times ten, they're not paying the park. And the park, the park don't play no games. The park, we've unfortunately had a family that we gave them thirty days to leave the premises, but the park evicted them in fifteen. Mm. And it was like, yo, like. I get it, you wow. know, it, well, I mean, we can't stop that. Like, you guys signed an agreement with us, you guys signed an agreement with the park. So, you know, in the case of evictions, honestly, I, I, I'm going to be real with you. Anybody who, who, who does that, you know, they they have more responsibility than a traditional renter because, again, they can get it from both ways. So it's really, and it's about screening as well. You know, I, I, the biggest thing is we learned, that was one of the, when our beginning, we were kind of just, you know, happy to get a buyer in, but... You know, as long as you screen your people and you don't see red flags, you do your due diligence, you should be good to go. Okay. Got it. Got so, like, how does that kind of look, though? If, like, if the person owns the home, and would an eviction look like the home actually being taken off the property? How does that, like, where would it go? I'm just trying to, like, picture that in my head. So here's the thing. So let's say a person owns a house. Or let's say they, they, they borrow from me, you know, right, hands off, mm-hmm. and they're in a lease agreement with the park. Now, if they don't make payments to the park, the park is going to say, okay, hey, listen, either A, you have to you have to move your home from my property, and nine times out of ten, if they don't have the money to pay, they don't have the money to move their home. So mm-hmm. now the park can actually evict them from their home. And, you know, or, or they can even give them, can settle, they can settle and, you know, like, hey, we'll, we'll just buy you out, we'll, we'll buy your home from you. But if they don't settle, like, the court is going to rule in, in the park's favor because the home is on their property. Got it, got it. Okay. Crazy. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I got more. I got more. I got, got more questions. All right. So we might have to go into a four, we might have to get into a fourth segment. So you can ask like one or two, and then we'll just go into another segment to get all the questions. All right. Um, I think I don't know if you covered this before, but can you rent out a mobile home? Yeah, you you can rent you can rent out a mobile home. So here's the thing. Um, it's a little bit easier if you're renting out one that's on private land. Um, but okay. you, can, you can still rent them out in the mobile home communities. Most mobile home parks, they rent out mobile homes themselves. So, like, for example, like, what we'll do, I'll give you guys an example. So, um, if if I buy a home and I'm putting you on payments, let's say the lot rent is $400, right? So, they got to pay the park $400. What I do, this is a strategy, what I do is I'll see what's the local apartment rent. So, the local apartment rent is $1,000. And I know the lot rent is four hundred dollars. I know I can make six a six hundred dollar margin on this house, so I can either go, you know, I I can even add, you know, a premium add like another fifty bucks, you know, so that I can add six fifty. So now we at you know ten, um, you know, a thousand five, a thousand fifty bucks. So that's how I can create my cash flow, um, and so I can rent it out that way, right? And, and make and make that six fifty a month, and I can be a landlord or I can offer. 
um, rent to own, which I'm putting the responsibility on the tenant. And, and now they're agreeing that, hey, after these terms, let's say, you know, three, four, five years, 10 years down the line, this house will be theirs, right? They're going to take care of all repairs, all expenses, and, you know, just like they, they're a homeowner. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, definitely. But you can, you can definitely rent out there. All right, rent to own kind of sounds like, maybe I'm mistaken, it, but it sounds like a, a, like a lease, except you're taking it every time? Okay. Yep, so yeah, yeah, rent to own. So pretty much they're renting with the intent to own it. Okay. If you or anything like that, there's no money back or anything. Now it's just like a regular traditional rental. But at the end of it, you know, they're, they're renting, you know, yeah, to, to own that boy at the end of the uh, terms. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. So, so their payment is increasing their equity in the, in the property. Yeah, yeah, because the okay. thing that anybody we sell to, we always, like I was telling you, if they need to sell, they can call me and I'll teach them how to sell, or if not, I'll list their property for them if needed. Got it, got it. So let's wrap up this segment, um, and then we'll finish up with the questions on uh, on segment four, and yeah, we'll wrap up the episode. So stay tuned. Welcome back, segment four, Everybody Eats Podcast. We have a really great episode, engage and learn a lot about mobile homes. So uh, with these final questions, so um, if you don't have Alan to have any more, um, we'll, we'll save those. But I just really want to quick, I just really want to ask really quick, what are obviously i'm sure there's a price range right but i i feel like i've been hearing like you said like you bought one with like 500 then you said another one was like 3500 then i've seen like my cousin was looking out in florida he was like i'm seeing something for like forty thousand, right so i know that there seems to be like a huge variable between 500 bucks and forty thousand dollars right so is there an average price what makes one 500 compared to forty thousand? and like can you speak about on on that so really location, it's all about location. Here in the Midwest, Midwest, uh, South, so like you're talking about like Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, um, yeah, um, and I think you can find those very, very cheap homes. And the reason why, because of the stigmas. The Midwest, especially the stigmas, mobile homes, you know, trailer trash, um, you know, all these things, the value isn't really here. And that's why we're able to find a lot of gems. If you go to Florida, Florida, it depends, more northern Florida, um, like the Jackson, you know, Jacksonville, Tallahassee, you can find some properties in that $5,000 range. Um, Central Florida, you can still find some properties. Um, we had a student and she has uh, a park owner sold her, uh, sold her, I think, 10 homes for $100 each. Um, and she just had to do the, the major rehabs. So here's the thing when it comes to those cheap properties. Sorry, you said $100 each? Yes, $100 each. <laughs> like $100? Like... $100 each, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And here's the reason why. So as a mobile home park owner, my I don't care about the homes. I just care about the land. My job, when I'm a job, my park manager's job is to fill and make sure I'm getting lot rent from every home. That's their that's their entire job in putting out anybody who is not paying that. So the average lot rent in America right now is uh, 375. That's the average, you know, you know, and it varies, right? California is on the high end. California. You're looking at lot rents as high as a thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you talk about the South of Louisiana, lot rents as low as one one fifty. Mm-hmm. So as an owner, right, I'm looking at cash flow. Let's say I have 150 properties, right? I want to cash flow 56 grand a month from you know field listening. Now, if I have some homes that I own, that's cool. But as a mobile home park owner, I really don't care about those because I don't want the responsibility. 
Mm. I just want my guaranteed 375 a month. And guess what? If I want to raise it, I can raise that. Mm. So that's what they care about. So any owner that understands that concept, they will give homes away. I've had I've had owners give me I've I had one deal in um, Greencastle, Indiana. Our owner gave me 19 free homes. 19 free homes. <laughs> I'm proud. We, we've, I've received so many free homes in this business because of the value that we bring, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, for an owner, again, they just they, they just want those homes renovated because it costs them it, it costs them more money to renovate it themselves, right? An mm-hmm. owner, if, if I have to, let's say those 19 homes, let's say on an average I'm putting about seven grand into it, yeah, that's $133,000. Yeah. So, um, so for them, if they can have somebody like me to come in there and take those off their hands, it's like, oh yeah, I'll give them to you. All right, and then it'll give you all type of lot rent specials and all that kind of stuff. So if you find more of a friendly uh, park manager who understands what a mobile home investor is or a park owner who understands your value, oh yeah, it's, your relationship is going to be gold. Got it. So as the, as the park owner, you just own the land. You can have multiple owners own the mobile homes on the land, but you don't really care about those. You just want the lot rent. That's where you're. That's where you're. You're getting your chicken from. That's all you want, because it's endless. As long as a home is on that property, you'll be paid forever. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. Um. So okay, and you said the location determines the price. So you said, um. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. So how? I want to say like how nice, but like how how like I kind of like how nice like can, like when you're going like forty fifty thousand like are we talking like two stories? Are we talking like you know like granite countertops or like you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it it really varies, right? Because like for example, an older house in San Diego, California, um, that I probably will pay like two grand here will cost seventy thousand plus in San Diego just mm. because it's San Diego. Got it. Right. When you talk about a newer mobile home, so if it's fresh off the press, you know, 2020 and things, those can start off, and, you know, um, it really depends. I'm anywhere from like uh, on the low end, 45,000 for a single wide, um, double wide, you're looking at like 70,000 plus. Um, and newer, the new ones, like, you know, especially like anything like 20, 2015 and up, they, I mean, yeah, like not necessarily hardwood floors, but the, the nice laminate floors, stainless steels, you know, vaulted ceilings. Um, now, a lot of them come with garages. Mm. Um, I mean, if you guys type in just new mobile homes, you'll be surprised. Like, it's just, I mean, they, yeah, they become immaculate now. Got it, got it. Okay, that makes sense. That, that explains the, the price range. Um, and one last thing, um, if you could briefly describe, I know you say this is the highest cash on cash investment, right? Uh-huh. So, um, we kind of like spoke about numbers, but if you could just briefly describe like how and why is that, just for our listeners, like, so they could really understand like, I guess give an example, the money that you're putting in and the money that you're getting out that makes it the highest cash on cash. Yeah, most definitely. So, you know, here's the thing, especially if you, let's say, let's put it to payments, right? Let's put them on payments. Yeah. And, you know, let's say, let's say I buy a house, um, I get a mobile home for 15 grand, right? I get a house 15 grand. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get my money back on the, the long term. Yeah. Well, depending on the area, right? So let's say if I'm buying a house 15 grand, I'm going to say, excuse me, Let's say uh, we're we're in like Virginia, and I think Virginia, you guys average rent is right, what like twelve hundred dollars or so. You talking about like a one bedroom, probably like where I'm at, one bedroom probably like seven eight hundred. Two bedroom, you could probably like right nine hundred to a grand. Okay, nine hundred to a grand, right? So let's say a grand. Let's so let's say I'm getting let's say the lot rent is five hundred. So I'm getting five hundred dollars. Okay? Yeah. 
So if I put them on a term five hundred dollars, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna put them on a term for seventy two months, right? Seven, just like a car, seventy two months, five hundred bucks. Yeah. That's thirty six thousand dollars that I paid, and I paid fifteen grand for it. So yeah, I got over a hundred percent on that one, right? I doubled, yeah. I doubled my money and made some. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you start planning with the numbers, right? For example, like what well, I always tell people. You try to get a minimum of if, if whatever you buy under if you buy anything under twelve thousand dollars you want to get a minimum of three hundred dollars a month. Anything and under three minimum okay. three hundred dollars a month and you at least put them on a sixty month term, right? That's eighteen thousand. So when you start looking, even even before I'm gonna give you an example on land, right? So on land, let's say I buy a mobile home, a brand new mobile home, right? Uh, buy a double wide. And I get double wide. I get a sixty thousand, right? And then it takes me another uh, fifteen thousand to to you know develop the land. So I'm all in about seventy five thousand. Um, let's say all in. Let's say I'm in about eighty about eighty five thousand, right? So the cool thing about mobile homes on land is I can actually it becomes real estate. Mm. Now I can actually get comps from the houses. Now if, if the houses in the area are selling for two hundred thousand plus. I can pre most likely I can get my mobile home appraised for one seventy five. So let's mm-hmm. say I get my mobile home appraised at one seventy five because because regular homes are selling for two fifty. I get my mobile home appraised for one seventy five. I'm all in. Let's say eighty five k. Yeah, I made a ninety thousand dollar profit on the flip. Got it. so and, and in that instance you're selling the land itself with the with the mobile home. Yep. Got it. Got yeah, it. The land itself with the mobile home. Got it. Got it. And so my cousin asked, where do you find the end buyers for the mobile homes when you're wholesaling it? So, um, so really what you do, just like, just like a regular wholesale, you know, you, we always encourage you to, to build a buyer's list, right? Before you even do it, really build a buyer's list. So that way it makes it easy because here's the thing, you don't want to, you know, come into wholesale you don't have any potential buyers from a mobile home yeah. and now you, you're scrambling for it. So, um, you really, you know, do a lot of virtual, we buy mobile home ads, um, you know, it's a lot of different marketplaces. You can put them Craigslist. Um, you can use that. You know, you can use uh, LetGo. You know, yeah. apps. But you can start putting those digital, those digital billboards out there. We buy mobile homes, and so now, you know, or, you know, you start to collect people, or you know, even you can put ads out as far as you know, mobile homes that you know that you have, and if they're interested, you can start collecting that data. And that way, once you have that, you know, you got a list of twenty-five to plus fifty plus people. Or even you know developing investors, um, you know, man, I, I, you're definitely be in good shape. But if you kind of find yourself, it's it's a little bit different because traditional houses you have way more investors, you have way pe- more people looking for you know a, a regular single family house. You have to build that buyers list first with mobile homes. Got it, got it, makes sense. So that's it from my end. Edom Allen, do you have anything want any more questions you want to conclude with? Yeah, for sure. Um, so. So, you lose your job, you start doing research into this, within the first month you make 19000 you continue. Um, have you noticed, like, I guess, your lifestyle changes being, like, a successful entrepreneur, like, this, I guess, in, like, the environmental luxurious things, you know, you got drip hair going on, you know, like, or do you still find yourself, like, being conservative, like, saving a lot? Um, investing, how does, how has that changed over time? Good question. So, man, for me, um, I'm a sneakerhead. So I think for me, I got to just buy more Yeezys and, you know, more gym, more shoes and things like that. 
Um, you know, we treated ourselves to some vacations. I think the for us mainly is just you know the the lifestyle could change, um, but we still remain humble. We understand like don't get me wrong, we love seeing a bank account. You know, that's that's that's, that's definitely <laughs> for sure. Plus. Um, but the, just the freedom, you know, I think that's the biggest thing for both of us. It's just the freedom, you know. I, I thought, don't get me wrong, I thought it was going to be like this, you know, glitz and glamour, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, man, you know, it's, it's, it's we like pouring back into the business, um, you know, and that itself is, you know, it's just continue to make money, you know, work for each other. And we understand the end goal. So, you know, we get times where we can treat ourselves, um, you know, vacations. Uh, we had, a, you know, I think I, the mostly splurge, we went to Dubai, we went to Egypt. Um, wow. And, uh, you know, that was just a dream vacation. And so, you know, I think for her, you know, she'll tell me some verses. I think I, I'll, I spoil her more. You know, I, I'll spend more money on her than I'll spend even, even thinking about spending myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She'll want a purse or something like that. I'll grab that for her. But other than that, man, just I think me, just sneakers, man. Sneakers and, uh, you know, just kind of just wardrobe change. I think I went in my closet. I think I first, after our first. Um, when we saw like 50k in the bank, I threw away all my clothes. I'm getting a hole in the wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> got it, got it, got to stay fly always. Definitely, definitely. Um, so my cousin actually asked, "Do you know of any good home mobile home markets in Florida?" So I guess any cities in specific. I believe he's in Central Florida. Do you know any in specific? Yeah, listen. So he, he says he's in Central Florida. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, of course, Tampa, St. Petersburg. Um, let's see, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now, man. I think uh, I got a whole list for them. I'm gonna get them right. Got it. Let me go ahead and go to my little handy dandy uh, <laughs> mobile home map. My phone and my notes. Okay, so <laughs> near near Tampa. We got Tampa. Lakeland. Lakeland has over 178 mobile home communities. Lakeland, okay. Um, Winter Haven has 62 communities. Clearwater has 61 communities. Uh, Bradenton has uh, 76 communities. Um, what's another big one? Petersburg has 86 communities. So, I mean, I gave them over probably two, 300 communities. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> right there. I made sure I wrote them down. So, that, thank you. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah. No problem. And, oh, and tell them Largo. Largo, 85. Largo, okay, Largo 85, all right, right there, free gems for anyone listening, if you are in the Florida area, you just heard, that's like 300 mobile homes right there, so that's definitely a good place to start, like we said earlier, you just throw them on Google Maps and you start driving, so um, that's where we're at, so on that note, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. Um, I definitely learned a lot. I know, I know Eden and Alan, they had a bunch of questions. I'm sure we all learned a lot. So I want to thank you for taking your time out. Um, continue to stay safe and stay healthy. Um, oh, last, and how can people reach out to you? How can they find out? I know you do courses. So if you just speak on that a little bit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, man, you make sure y'all find us um, on Instagram or Facebook at Mobile Home Elite Investors. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, MH. MH Elite Investors. If you have any questions about our courses, email us at uh, uh, info at mobile home elite investors. And here's the thing, man, I'm, I'm just gonna rock with you guys. Uh, I'm gonna make a promo code Eats Podcast. Right? Eats Podcast promo code. Let's do it. Yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and so remember Eats Podcast, the promo code, man. I'm gonna go ahead and give you guys um, 30% off that course. Um, so, man, make sure you guys, you know, remember that promo code. For these guys, man, you know what I'm saying? You're learning some gems. And make sure y'all stay tuned in to these brothers bringing y'all heat.
Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Much love. Um, again, you can find us out. You can listen to all our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Everybody Eats Podcasts. Uh, again, thank you very much for joining. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And to all the listeners, make sure you're washing your hands. So see you guys next week.